guys, welcome to our podcast. We are Legalese, a podcast bringing you truth, power, and awareness. I'm your host, Toria. And I'm Amori. And today we have a lot to cover, a lot, but it's going to be interesting. You guys are going to love it. So we're going to get into hot topics. <laughs> so, you know, things have been happening in the world every day. On the news. Yeah, more sad than anything, but let's get into the first one. So a 19-year-old gunman, gunman fatally shot eight people at a FedEx plant on Thursday. He used two legally purchased assault rifles, police said. And Saturday raising new questions. Many have called for tighter restrictions on like firearms and more safeguards on people who can own them. And the shooter was a former employee at the facility. And allegedly a year prior, the suspect's mother called the FBI and the FBI questioned him and released him based on no evidence. And like fast forward to today, to this incident, this incident has recurred. So authorities say they need time to piece together a psychological autopsy of the government. And as this incident is still new, there's still information coming out. So another mass shooting that has happened. Another mass shooting. Um, Also earlier, I think it was last week. Yes, earlier last week. DMX, rest in peace, passed away. The Grammy-nominated performer nominated performer died after suffering a catastrophic cardiac arrest in, in his home on April 2nd. So prayers to his family. Also, in recent news, today, literally recent today, at least three people were killed um, in a shooting incident in Austin, Texas, authorities say. Austin police said its officers were on the scene of an active shooting incident in the northwest part of the city, which is the capital of Texas. Um, The EMT, or the Emergency Medical Service Unit, said three adults were dead at the scene of the shooting, and it was reported before noon today. So that's all the information that I have on it. But it just happened today. It did, yeah. So Did they say how many people died? Was it like four people that died? Well, I when, I, when I saw it, it was only three. So maybe okay. the fourth one, okay. maybe. I knew it was, I didn't remember the number though. Tragically. There's been a lot of shootings though. This a has lot. been like the third or fourth shooting in the past two weeks yes. since we last recorded. Literally. There's I been too many. I just don't know. I can't remember where the other ones, they're, I know they're in here somewhere. The one at Tennessee High School. There was one at Tennessee High School? Yeah, there was one. <laughs> yes, there was one at Tennessee I High School. I remember the one at the... Grocery store? It was no, that- kind of convenience store. Are you in Colorado? About the- yeah, no, that was yeah, that was last episode. But since then there was another one. And yeah, there's been several. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that Tennessee location, it was in Knoxville, um, at Austin East Magnet High, and like I said, Knoxville, multiple people were shot. Um the only thing about it was like the governor, Bill Lee, he signed a constitutional carry. Um, law like pr- a couple days prior to that mm-hmm. and it was basically saying that because it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hard for law-abiding citizens in Tennessee to exercise their second amendment right which then resulted in all these increased shootings you know people are able to have access to guns when they really don't need to so that is crazy there's way way too many mass shootings and kind of needs to stop another 
hot topic a man wanted for capital murder was found dead in a vehicle parked in a tuscaloosa church parking lot on friday what yes wait what <laughs> yes the ordeal began late thursday night when police were called to spring hill apartments on 36th avenue east um the tuscaloosa police spokeswoman stephanie taylor um before that prior or oh my gosh let me say his name right Omar Childers, 26, was found dead just before at 11.30 p.m. inside the parked vehicle, and he had been shot to death. And he basically killed himself because they said it was a self-inflicted wound. So okay. he was wanted for murder, and then they found him dead in the parking lot. Interesting. So, goodness gracious. Another little... I want to say, killings. Yes, a lot of killings. This one's a little more tragic, troubling. So a woman accused of killing her three young children in a Reseda apartment has admitted to drowning them mm -hmm. with what she said was the intention of protecting them from her father. Mm -hmm. So in her words, I drowned them. I did it as softly. I don't know how to explain it. So Liliana Carrillo yeah, said Thursday in a disturbing jailhouse interview with a TV network, I hugged them. I kissed them. I was apologizing the whole time. I love my kids. Carrillo told the Bakersfield television station that she killed the children ages six months, two, and three years old to protect them from their father, who she claimed was involved in human trafficking. And she said she wished her kids were still alive, adding, however, I prefer them not being tortured and abused on a regular basis for the rest of their lives. And this is still an ongoing case. Uh, so I actually want to talk about this case, um, not to follow it, mm -hmm. but to bring up a whole, I want us to do a case like Roe v. Wade-esque type of case. Oh, okay. And gotcha, then gotcha. I want to bring this up because there's, there's a lot of things we can talk about with that case and that whole scenario. Um, I know they brought up parents postpartum depression as like something tied to it but i'm not, not sure even if that's with postpartum like a... but with the laws that we have and the way certain cultures allow for violence to occur mm -hmm. and normalize violence but when it actually happens it's like a shock yeah yeah so i i do want to do something like that i think that's interesting but yeah i heard about the case and i think there was another way uh, there's always another well, way other than she, killing your kids. Well, she could have done a restraining order. That would have been easy. That would make more sense. If the father was involved in human trafficking, report him. Sent them Expose away. Expose him. Yeah. yeah. Sent them away to a family member. <laughs> Ran away, run away with them yourselves. So she, I don't know. That was just a very disturbing case. And then also, this is more overseas. Um, there's a, a volcano in St. Vincent. Yeah, I heard. That. <laughs> yes, it erupted over. It has erupted over the span of five days, and has caused locals to evacuate and seek shelter. The eruption has covered the entire island with ash, and the government has turned to drilling into the ground for fresh water due to lack of resources. And the scientists also predicted that the eruption will last for probably weeks. And the whole um, island, like over sixteen thousand people, have evacuated because it's like really bad. Well, luckily, there's other islands, so they can just hop Yeah, you just get on the boat and then go to another <laughs> island. Um, I know there's another volcano that's happening in, a, like, I want to say, say Iceland. I'm not sure, but Too I sure. want to know that there was another one that was, that erupted and is basically doing the same thing. Um, but hopefully they're safe, and I know that's not, being displaced is not fun. Yeah, and I, 
I'm like versed with St. Vincent, but I've never been there. And I just, mm-hmm. I didn't, I'm going to say personally, I didn't even know they had a volcano. Well, it makes sense that there's all these little islands and <laughs> they, it makes sense. But yeah. Because all the houses and stuff, at least in where my family's from, they're like houses are like on hills, like mountain. Mountainous hills, yeah. terrain. Yeah, that makes sense. But oh, okay. So the SAG Awards happened a couple weeks ago. And congratulations to Daniel Kalua for Best Supporting Actor, um, Chadwick <laughs> Boseman for Best Actor, um, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Viola Davis as well for Best Actress in that same movie. About time. <laughs> um, if you remember, we talked about it on our last episode how the Major League Baseball, how they were trying to make it commission basically go to Milwaukee. Yes, yes, yes. So they did it. They didn't. They're moving it from Atlanta to Colorado. Interesting. Which I really prefer. Why? I just really felt like Milwaukee would be perfect. It would be like the, what is it? The circle. What do you call it? Like complete circle, you know, of like that whole situation. It'll but bring them some buzz because I don't think I've ever stepped in Milwaukee a day in my life. Honestly. I've never thought about going to Milwaukee, but hey, perhaps. And then, okay, so this has also happened in. Arkansas, but this a, a law just passed like a day or two ago with similar that went on in Florida when it comes to this topic. So in Arkansas Senate, they voted 25 to 8 to override the veto of Bill HB uh, 1570, which is transition care for trans minors, um, will now be banned in Arkansas. And so they... Arkansas has become the first state to ban, like I said, the gender-affirming treatments and surgeries for transgendered youth after the state legislators voted to override it. And in Florida, like I said, they were doing something like they want to check transgender students or children, like their genitals, to make sure that they're not in certain locations or bathrooms or places that they fit, which I think is very inappropriate. Oh, my gosh. I don't... I just don't know why we are still imposing our beliefs onto others. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like just a lot. Like that's none of your business. What happens between someone's pants? What happens between someone's life journey and their the way they express themselves has nothing to do with you or the government. It's weird. That fact. I don't especially like it. to restrict it, and then the whole like ban on like treatment. Now it's kind of like why? it seems like these southern states want to suppress like medical help so bad the fact that yeah. they have to go to other states just to uh, yeah. see treatment and stuff and the thing about it is like hormone treatment and you know things like that that transgendered people may use is not they don't it's not just them that's using other it people other use people it. use it too it's not illegal like so women have to use some steroids and treatments as well you know like men have to do the same thing if they have low testosterone like like this idea of oh well you're not like us or you chose to identify some way is just it's kind of messed up. Yeah, it's just so weird to me. I don't understand why they just think again, when being a bigot will hurt you in the long run. It's things like this. But but I was, anyway, there was a 20-year-old black guy like you that we talked about last episode. What was his name? Dante? Dante? Right. Yeah, him. Perfect. Awesome. Um so we talked about it like he got pulled over, got killed. The cop however, was arrested and charged with second degree murder. And their excuse was like, oh, she accidentally didn't know that she had the taser, yeah, the taser and the gun. I heard about that. And I have a taser. I know how I know how a taser feels. 
and I've felt a gun and I shot a gun. I, I know how that feels. The weight are completely two different things. So I don't know why she thought it was thought like, it was. That's, that's so a BS. Fatal. That's so fatal. Like you can't even she's use that as an excuse when you already killed someone. I don't think you can. No, you really can't. She's lying. What the hell? I'm so sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> the people outside our recording studio, they're really loud. <laughs> I don't know that. if I should edit this or what. Whatever. <laughs> We're going to keep it pushing. We'll figure it out. Anyway, so if y'all took the jet, uh, Johnson & Johnson shot, apparently they're stopping it in Georgia and like three other city, of, I'm sorry, states because people were getting blood clots. So if you took the shot, be careful. I hope you're safe. All that good stuff. Dude. That is crazy. That is, it wasn't regulated that much and now it's causing problems. Well, this is what happens when you don't take enough time to study medications. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is what happens. Um, but I mean, what do you, what do you expect to happen? <laughs> what do you expect to happen? I mean, you need, you need as much diverse demographics and populations as possible. So you can have a you know more accurate read on what the effects are going to be. But again, it is what it is. Um, hopefully everyone who takes it is safe and, all that good stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. The Kenosha police officer who shot Jacob uh, Blake returns to work and will not face dis discipline. Uh, Marvin Scott III, I thought we talked about him before. He was he was arrested in March on a misdemeanor for marijuana charge. He was taken to the county jail. Um, the officers restrained him, blasted him with pepper spray, covered his head with a hood. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, he became this. unresponsive and was found dead. I'm sorry, pronounced dead at the hospital. The seven, even though the seven of the sheriff's officers have been fired uh, initially, um, being put on administrative leave, and another resigned while under investigation. So, like, but are they going to be dealt with? Like, after even after being fired and all this? Probably like, not. This is. I remember reading about that case, and I was like, what? would bring someone even when apprehending a person to you already have them in handcuffs they can't do anything after that to pepper spray them and put a hood over their head yeah that makes no sense i don't why do they need to put hood over people's heads when i think of people putting hood, hoods over other people's heads i think of kidnappings yeah now that you said that yes i, I definitely feel you on that but i i don't know what would like possess them to do that Especially an arrest. Mm -hmm. You remember that white chick that got shot at the Capitol? Yes. Um, her, <laughs> the cop who shot her will not face charges. Interesting. I mean, he was protecting the Capitol or himself at that point. I don't care about There her. was so much things that was going on that day that it, I don't know. I'm surprised that she was the only one that got hurt. But then again, there weren't enough, like, officers and law enforcement there in the first place like mm -hmm. assessing the situation you know why they didn't get hurt oh yeah yeah they're not the issues yes um so president biden is apparently like considering he i know he continued the cap that trump did on like uh, letting, refugees yeah on refugees i want to say it's like under ten thousand, around ten thousand, mm -hmm. that amount um, and people were mad at him about it anyway that's not the point of this conversation he was apparently considering flying um, the migrants to different states and South Dakota governor, Christy Noam, um, she said her state will not be taking any illegal immigrant that the Biden administration wants to relocate. 
My message to illegal immigrants, call me when you're an American. That is so stupid. Because, okay, so. So does South American count? I don't know. Does it? Okay. I I never understood this sentiment because we're all immigrants when it comes down to it. Like, we just happened to be here after all the legislations and stuff got, you know, mm -hmm. passed and whatnot. Even the people that were over here back in the day, they would call them immigrants, but they were here like they could not leave. Um, and I've always thought about the whole refugee sentiment, and especially if it's refugees coming from a place of, like, war. Yeah. Like, if you're in that country fighting for these people's freedom, why not give them a place of refuge? I feel like there's a lot of space in the U.S. Like, I don't know how many people are in New, New Mexico or in these other states that you don't hear about a lot, but mm -hmm. I just feel like we have so much land. We do. And the thing to is, take in refugees. I'm not saying, like, you should be tearing down forests or anything. Yeah. But we have so many places, especially like in the middle of America, which probably they're the ones obviously having the sentiment, but yeah, there's so many space and there's so much space and land that you can cultivate, cultivate to be homes. And it doesn't even have to be a, we have to be neighbors type of thing. Like you can get 100 acres, put some duplex on it or something and put this as a form of housing. Yep. We don't need people in cages. We don't need people sleeping in that whatever tin foil thing yep. that they're in. We don't need, we don't need to do that. We have a endless supply. Grocery stores are always throwing out food every couple of days. We can always give that. We can always, always help. Um, but no, that's too easy. That's too easy. Oh my God. And the fact that she called me, call me when you're American. Oh my gosh. That is so like, that is nothing for a governor to say. Are you surprised? Because I'm not. I'm not surprised, but it's just, I just feel like it's nothing for someone to say, especially when we're like, we were all immigrants at one point. Literally. I know. And let's see. Oh, Ramadan happened. So congrats yes. to the people who are celebrating Ramadan. I Happy hope you have Ramadan. a great festive time. On I know I have some friends that are like fasting. Really? Yeah. See, I never knew about it. I had to ask my friend about it but it's it's cool it's like a cool little like i'm apparently, fasting you know yeah. and apparently they do it multiple times a year throughout the year yeah they I, do I, I don't know i always thought it was in the fall but apparently like i said i just learned that it was multiple times a yeah, year it's multiple times um so onto a similar topic that we're gonna be talking about today brit reed he's an american football coach for the kansas city chiefs he was charged with a felony for driving while intoxicated um and had a car crash that caused it caused this five-year-old girl to be critically injured and she has like brain damage and everything his like, five-year-old girl or some oh random. no some random girl oh, yeah wow. so she's in hospital and she raised a lot their family has gofundme and they've been raising a lot of money um oh she's gosh. been seriously injured um so that's really sad however if he is convicted he would face a felony like we said and his blood like alcohol concentration was a point one one three so, and the girl, Ariel Young, she, like we said, she was five. She has a severe traumatic brain injury, a left uh, parietal fracture, brain uh, contusions, and subdural hematomas. So a lot oh of brain and blood trauma in her head. It's All so because someone wanted to get real intoxicated and start driving. Wow. I feel like if you have that much money, why can't you just get an Uber? Yes. Like, I feel like- What I, is wrong? Like, we're a driver. Like, probably. you have- you make millions. You're a coach. Yeah, and then they made it to the Super Bowl this year, didn't they? Girl, I don't pay attention to sports. I think that they made it to the Super Bowl this year. They got some money. So he has enough money to get an Uber. 
it'll make more sense. Oh, another decent thing. So Biden made this whole like proposal that they're planning to withdraw um, all the troops from Af- Afghanistan on September 11th. Interesting. I wonder why that specific date. Because it's supposed to honor, <laughs> it's supposed to honor um, the two decades since you know we've been fighting with the Middle East. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Decades. It doesn't feel like it. That's right? long because I remember it happened in what 2001. Yeah. You were like children. Oh my goodness. But that's. I'm happy that they're coming back over here. Yeah, I know. Uh, another thing. So. Bur- this guy named Bernie Madoff, he was like a mastermind, like for like the biggest like investment fraud that happened in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like basically ripped off people for almost sixty five or over sixty five billion dollars. We should do a case on him and see what he did. I don't know if he got arrested. I'm that assuming he got arrested. Crime. Yeah. And so yeah, that happens. And then the Senate has voted sixty. I'm sorry, ninety two to six to start. Um, a debate between Senator Maisie Hirono's bill to seek and address crimes against Asian Americans. And however, the six people who voted already, against it, we already know who they are. It's Ted like Cruz, um, that John, was it Jack, John, Jack Hawley, some person named Tumberville, Cotton, Rat, Rand Paul, which is uh, Jake Paul and the other Paul dad. I had no clue. Trash runs in their blood, obviously. I had no clue. Trash runs in their blood. Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I know. And uh, yeah, that happened. Let's see, anything else? And lastly, we got, no, you said it. It It's the gunman. Yeah, the gunman is FedEx. Oh my gosh. So yeah, hot topics have been crazy. Like we said, there's been so many shootings. There's been a lot of killings, a lot of marching, a lot of protests. People were mad at Maxine Waters saying she's inciting violence. You know, all these things are going on in the news. The, the Derek world, Chauvin so. case is coming. It's supposed the to be Jer- coming to a conclusion soon. Do you pay attention to that? I haven't been paying attention to the I case. I paid attention initially and then for my piece, to protect my piece, I haven't been. But I would like to get little updates every now and then to just see how it's going. I don't know. The way headlines, the headlines that I've been seeing are like people saying, oh, we get a guilty verdict. They don't know what's going to happen on an NBA is like, oh, we're on standby if they get a guilty verdict. I don't know why, but I know they made a statement saying that. And um, basically talking about the verdict, if it's guilty verdict or innocent verdict, though. I, I don't know. How do, question, how do you feel? What do you feel? What direction do you think the case will go in? Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of, there's a lot of pressure right now between cops and civilians and minorities, especially with the Toledo case. And I was going to slightly bring that up. Toledo didn't have a gun, which is what I said the last episode. I said specifically, I bet he doesn't have a gun because it doesn't make sense for a 13 year old whose family doesn't even own guns to get gun randomly. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And where they're going in COVID, like who are you going to hang out with where guns are like that accessible? Anyway, he didn't have a gun. And so there's an uproar about that. Um, what do I think? I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure for them to make a verdict where he gets convicted. Okay. Because if they don't, I, especially with the Toledo case, especially with the uh, Dante Wright, Wright case, case. There's so many cases. So, and this is not even like, again, these are like months apart. 
These They're are like, like happening. Yes. This is like back to back to back. Even with the Marvin case, right? It just happened like last year or whenever. Yeah. But we're still talking about it because it's still so recent. You would think after Floyd's case, like police, the task force would just yeah. take precaution like, on how they assess situations. Yes. And it's not even that. It's even, did you see that army dude, the, the black guy? Yes. The He was getting around to the gas station, right? I yeah. think. Yes. And they were like that. It's like, it doesn't matter. This is why respectability politics is bullshit because it doesn't matter if you serve in the military or not. People see color first and they're going to treat you that way regardless. Yeah. You being rich like LeBron James, you being in the military, you being, uh, you know, Beyonce or what have you doesn't stop you from people being racist. It doesn't yeah. stop you and protect you from people wanting to harm you and not wanting you to feel like you should, you don't have access to their spaces or what have you. Uh, it doesn't stop you anyway. It's like cops are getting a really bad rep. For, well, they deserve it. It's all you, the things that are happening. It's like I mean, and right. It's like so, so. Yeah, sure. Some cops aren't bad, but why would I think differently when this is all I see? And it's when all you, over the news. When you're yeah. when people there's a black woman. She was a cop, and she just was like, she got fired because she stopped this white cop from harming a fifteen yes, year old. I, right. I so it's like even when you try to stop something, the institution will try to hold this type of power, you know, against so each is it other. The doesn't people matter. Or is it the institution? Both. What do you think? Both. Both. You know, like good cops don't exist. I don't think so. I don't know if good cops exist. I can't say that. Some are, some people are decent yeah. and they just so happen to be cops. But I don't think good people good cops exist. Not when you're protecting even with the Derek Chauvin case, they knew that was going on and they were like even the 911 people, they knew. They were like, oh, yeah, this is this is not nor normal. You don't do that. This is against protocol. And they were like, hmm. All the there. You stood there. You really stood there anything. and let it happen. So, yeah, you were part of the issue. Anyway. I just hope to see the is day this gonna when. Get I don't know. Yeah, I highly doubt it. Lessons. Because I'm tired of seeing black bodies and young black bodies at that because the past two cases were young people that yeah. got killed in these incidents like their lives are being cut short because of what a mistake it wasn't a mistake it was on purpose it was them being racist again we have cal riddle house and dylan Roof, oh, yeah. all these people what is it that homeboy who had a bad day at that asian salon mm -hmm. walking away perfectly fine getting drinks and food and burger king and all this other shit Ain't nothing happen to them. So you hold your hair first. I don't care. <laughs> what do I want? I want it for, for it to be fair. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want. Well, yeah, guys, that was our hot topics, and we will be right back. <laughs> so, guys, we will be doing our episode today on alcohol. We're focusing more on alcohol today since it is Alcohol and Marijuana Awareness Month. Yeah. So last week was our marijuana episode. If you guys didn't hear that, go ahead and check it out. You guys like I it. I got five on it. Yes, you guys like it. So talking about alcohol, let's first talk about what's in it, the history of it, where it came from, why it's here today, why it makes us feel the way it makes us feel. So before we start, what's your favorite alcohol? Ooh, that's a good question. Wine, any Moscato wine. I, I, I feel you. Any Moscato wine. What about you? Okay, I feel that. I can a nice glass of wine will, will suffice. Yes, because wine is just like it's classy. It's 
Do you it, know why it's classy? Well, I don't know why. So the Greek and the Romans were like beefing. Mm -hmm. And I want to say the Greek were drinking wine and the Romans were drinking beer. And it was like a, basically an elitist thing. Mm. Because beer was like easy to make and cheap and yeah. It's so weird how like wine comes from grapes and beer comes from like basically Jeez. bread. Yeah. Meat. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. It's crazy. But damn. I'm telling y'all today y'all just don't hear outside. That's what we gonna do. <laughs> That's what we on. So guys, fermented grain, fruit juice, and honey have been used to make alcohol, eth ethyl alcohol or ethanol for thousands of years. So fermented beverages existed in early Egyptian cult, uh, civilization, and there is evidence of an early alcoholic drink in China around 7,000 BC. In India, an alcoholic beverage called Sura was made from distilled rice and was used between 3,000 and 2,000 BC. Wow, this is back in the day. Wow. Um, the Babylonians worshipped a wine goddess as early as 27,000 or 2700 BC in Greece, one of the first alcoholic beverages to gain popularity was mead, a fermented drink made from honey and water. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Greek literature is full of warnings against excessive drinking, so it's crazy that it's like today we still have warnings on like our wine bottles, beer bottles, vodka bottles saying, you know, don't excessively drink. And they had it back then too. So they knew, they knew like what it did to the um, human being subconscious. So several Native American civilizations developed alcoholic beverages in pre-Columbian times. A variety of fermented beverages from the Andes region of South America were, cre were created from corn, grapes, apples, and they called it chicha. Chicha. Interesting. Yeah. That's different. That's cute. <laughs> it is. Um, in the 16th century, alcohol called spirits was used largely for medicinal purposes. So at the beginning of the 18th century, the British Parliament passed a law encouraging the use of grain for distilling spirits. Chief spirits flooded the market and reached a peak in the mid-18th century. In Britain, gin consumption reached 18 million gallons, and alcoholism became widespread. So the 19th century brought a change in the attitudes and the temperance movement um, began promoting the moderate use of alcohol, which is crazy because I remember, like, I guess learning throughout history and being in history class and stuff like that, it was like, it seems as if the average human being just drunk with every meal. Like it wasn't like controlled. It wasn't, you know. That's what happens because the water wasn't good. Like it was dirty. So they had to. They had to uh, turn to that, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this ultimately became the push for the total prohibition. And then in 1920, the U.S. passed a law prohibiting the manufacture, sale, import, and exporting of intoxicating liquors. Um, the illegal alcohol trade boomed by 1933, um, and the prohibition of alcohol was canceled, which makes sense because I, I feel like people need their alcohol back then. They're like, oh, we can't, we can't do this. Um, <laughs> they were struggling so much they need it. <laughs> yes, and little facts about alcohol today. An, es an estimated 15 million Americans suffer from alcoholism and 40% of all car uh, accident deaths in the US involve alcohol. So it's interesting. I 
I don't know. It's it's weird how a drink can do so much. So much good, so much bad. It's just, but it also depends on your tolerance, what you're used to, mm-hmm. how the drink was made. Cause you can get five of the same drinks, you know, five margaritas from five different places. Yes. And the effects of it will be different because some places will do mostly alcohol, other places will do like mix, you know, like, you know, mixers, other so ones do like, like more cheese or something. Yeah. So it just depends how a person makes it. It's not consistent yeah. across the board. So those are, that was a little bit of a little brief history on the um on alcohol um should we talk about some of the crimes linked to alcohol i guess sure yeah yeah okay go for it so a number of individuals that serve time in jail have committed like alcohol related crimes so offenses range from minor to serious they include property crime (laughs) that would make sense public order offenses driving while intoxicated, assault, and homicide. Um, On average, roughly 40% of inmates who are incarcerated for violent offenses were under the influence of alcohol during the time of the crime. You know, it says, like, when you drink too much, you get a little aggressive. It depends, yeah. That definitely makes sense. Even with, like, abuse cases, a lot of people were under the influence. Yes, yes, 100%. Uh, Many of these criminals had an estimated blood alcohol content of BAC, if you guys didn't know what that is, um, level of more than three times the legal limit at the time of their arrest. Also, you guys may know, whenever you, like, blow into the little breathalyzer thing, Mm -hmm. that's your BAC content. Um, So, putting it into more of a statistical notion. Nearly 10,000 people are killed annually on the U.S. roadways due to alcohol, uh, alcohol-related accidents. Thousands more suffer from injuries due to intoxicated drivers. Close to 70% of alcohol-related uh, violent acts occur in the home. Roughly 20% of these incidents involve use of a weapon other than hands <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Other than hands, fists, or feet. <laughs> yes, feet. Okay. Um, an estimated 1.4 million incidents of alcohol related violence are committed against strangers each year. That makes so much sense because people drink at bars, they don't know these people, and they yeah. just start fighting them. Should not do. Um, and the typical crimes that are associated with alcohol are robbery, sexual assault, irated assault, intimate partner violence, mm-hmm. child abuse. Child abuse and homicide. So yeah, those are some little facts about the alcohol um, association with a uh, crime. So yeah, and the federal government formally defines an alcoholic beverage as a beverage containing over 0.05 percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. The Federal Union Drinking Age Act of 1984 established the minimum drinking age um, to be 21 years old. Possession of alcohol by minors allowed with um, specific location. Well. Locations uh, happens in five states, Hawaii, Nebraska, Minnesota, South Carolina, and New Jersey. Consumption of alcohol permitted by family exception Mm -hmm. uh, is allowed in 19 states. And alcohol could basically be consumed at religious activities or events Mm -hmm. consent or with the consent of a parent, spouse, or guardian in the specific location that is occurring. And additionally, the family member or partner, as we stated, uh, must be there to provide the alcohol and be present when the alcohol is being consumed. And so those states are Washington, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota, Texas, Wisconsin, Ohio, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Alaska, Oregon, Colorado, Iowa, Minnesota, 
Illinois, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, and Maine. So if you're mm. underage, have a family member be with you and drink. Mm, <laughs> I you guess. drink under, you know. Yeah, underage. Parental guidance. And then, did you think it's crazy how the legal age for drinking is 21 in the United States, but in other countries, it's like, I wonder what their stats are since the legal age is so low. I bet it's lower, but they have higher tolerance. Like you think? Because they, they've been girl, drinking since they were like drank. teens out in Europe. Girl, they drank. Oh my goodness! And it's it's definitely like I I want to say I I don't want to be wrong, but I know it's like lower than eighteen. It's either seventeen. Yeah, it's like or 18. sixteen. I want to yeah. say sixteen. Yeah. So depending on the country, depending on where you where yeah. you're located. So today we're going to talk about a bit, like it was, it was a big case, um, a very haunting case actually. And it's going to be about Diane Sawyer. I'm sorry, Schuler. Lord Jesus. I'm so sorry. Diane Schuler. Um, and she, I guess you'll be the judge and see if she was drunk or under the influence when this incident occurred. And it does deal with drunk driving and the, videos and the language can be slightly horrific so just warning for that so diane schuler was born on november 13th in 1972 she grew up in florida what? floral park floral park in new york and she was the last of four kids and her parents basically had a divorce or a split and that really uh, messed up her whole like view. She was really sad about that. Um, her mom left to be with the neighbor, mm -hmm. and her dad, whom she loved and adored, was just the only one there taking care of her. She was close with her brothers, however. Um, so growing up, she was deemed as the class clown. She was fun and loud. Um, that's what her friends called her. They said she had a big personality and she also was had a motherly role to her. And also, what was it? She didn't like her mom that much. Yeah, after that, she didn't really talk about her private life. She just kept to herself. And so as she was growing up, she had, like we said, close-knit relationship with her friends. She did, however, struggle with her weight and had like a lot of self uh, image issues. However, her friend Michelle and Diane, her friend Michelle said that Diane was struggling to lose weight. Um, and she didn't like dating and going out um, with guys. And the only time she met someone and fell in love was with her husband, Danny. And Danny's parents, Irene and Joseph, said that the couple were madly in love. Diane was basically in charge of the house and she made all of the decisions and they basically considered Danny her son. Well, yeah, her, her, her oldest son. And Danny, he described Diane as the perfect wife. He said that there was never any ups and downs in their relationships and it was up for 12 years. In 2004, D Diane had her son, Brian, and in 2007, she had her daughter, Erin. And he also said that they were perfect for each other and that she was an outstanding mom. She never complained. She, and others agreed. They saw that she was a 
basically a super mom, as they described her. Maureen, a mom friend, said that Diane would be the first person at her kid's school and that she would volunteer for trips and provide donations and just be a very active parent. And even her mother-in-law, Irene, was saying that she didn't know where Diane got the time to be the superwoman. She stated that Diane would create scrapbooks, visit the family, feed and bathe the kids, put them to bed in the evening, and then later on in the afternoon, cook for her husband when he got home from work, wake up and do it again. And according to the family, like Diane and Danny had different schedules. So Diane would work in the daytime and she was a director of like a credit billing and collections company. And she earned like $100,000 a year. And at night, her husband would work at a night watch security as a night watch security guard and as a part-time civilian employee at a local police location uh, department. So they were basically saying that she was a super mom and I mean, they she sounds not... nice from the description. Like, yeah, very no... active parent and very engaged in her you know, community and with her family. Yeah, there was no negative comments. So the case. So Danny and the family uh, and Diane took their kids to took their kids and their nieces to a lake cabin. So they just wanted to enjoy themselves, have some fun, get away, you know, swimming, camping, play games, just have a chill weekend. And they, yeah. And they went to Hunter Lake in Parksville in New York. And on Sunday, uh, June 26, 2009, around 6 a.m., Danny said that he was getting ready, after, you know, cleaning up after the vacation, cleaning the boat, getting everything prepared around 7 o'clock. Uh, they started finalizing, you know, the cleaning. He got Diane up. They, you know, got coffee. We're ready to get say goodbye and just packing up. You know, Danny took the dog with his truck and Diane took the kids in a minivan. And they just did their last rounds, talk, you know, calling the parents, saying, hey, like, how you doing? Like, we're excited to go back. They had a fun time, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Met with the campground people and just told them about the experience. They really enjoyed themselves. And so... Around 9.30, they left the campground. Around 9.54 a.m., Diane stopped at a McDonald's so the kids get breakfast. The cashier who saw Diane said that she didn't look intoxicated. She looked pretty sane. Around 10.45-ish, Diane stopped at a Sunoco gas station, and she asked them for pain meds. And the cashier, there's a whole video of her. Like, that's, like, one of the last images they see. Mm -hmm. Diane, she's, like, walking around, and she she doesn't really do much. She, just, she literally just stands in the front of the, I guess, the store, and then she walks out. Oh, she didn't buy anything. She didn't yeah. buy anything, yeah. So that was, apparently she was asking for pain pills. And then around 11.20, Diane calls Jackie and tells them that she's running a little late. And witnesses around this time were looking at Diane and they were saying that she was moving in and out of lanes and that she, she looked like she was concentrating. Yeah, and cutting cars off and things like that. They also said they saw the kids swaying. I don't know in what context, but they saw the kids swaying and some tried honking and beeping to alert her. Mm-hmm. 
Diane then drove from the freeway to the rest area, got off the out of the car, and was bent over. And this is around like 12:30. So the times between all these events seem very, how you say, very close. Very close, yeah. Very, very close. Um allegedly Diane tried to make a call around 12:55, but it was the wrong number. At 1 p.m., Diane called Jackie, and she sounded disoriented at this point. Um, she called her brother two minutes later and called Danny. Um, his daughter said that there was something wrong with Aunt Diane. Um, so apparently at this time, she couldn't see, and she was talking strangely. Um, so Warren asked for the nearest signs. And she sees them and tells them to pull over. The sign she sees is like a Tappanzi sign. Yeah. And Warren told her to stay put just right there. And he was going to, you know, come to her aid. In addition, witnesses later reported seeing Schuler at two different times that morning on her knees by the side of the road, apparently vomiting. Oh, my gosh. Apparently vomiting. Um and then a red minivan who saw her earlier had um, spotted her, spotted careening, tailgating, flashing headlights, honking, and straddling two lanes, which are all signs of a DUI. And along the same route that Schuler had followed. So it it's a lot happened in <laughs> leading up to what was happening. So at first she wasn't showing any really real signs of like distress or anything. But later on, as you see, she gets more, she seems like she's more in pain and distress. Like obviously when she went to the gas station for pain pills and get them and something deaf, it was like, it was leading up. Uh And there was a video, like her family friend, I want to say calls regarding it. Like they called 911. And was basically like, hey, like, this is Diane. Like, she's, we haven't heard from her. And the kids are saying something's happening. So here's a little bit of that. The girl just called in distress. They said that the, the aunt is driving very erratically. We think she's sick. The aunt isn't picking up the cell phone right now. The sister called. She can't talk anymore. There's three kids in the car. They're trying to, five, they're trying to locate her. The woman's name is Diane Shula. And just put it out to the postcard okay. and see if they could locate her because the, the the woman that's driving the car, they think, is having a medical emergency because she, she called and then she couldn't talk anymore. And she's got five kids in the car. Need to know whose uh, name the car is registered to. Warren, yes. Who's my it's car? your car. Yeah. So that's literally what you hear. Like, the, they're calling the cops, they're calling everyone, trying to find who, you know, find out what's going on, where she is. And at that time, Diane, she left, she left her phone on the side of the road. So at, the, so at this point, something was actually they up could, with her. Yeah, they could not find her. And so there's two ways to go to, onto the highway is to go up to the Taconic and make and make a U-turn or go to like the ramp. So a few minutes later, Diane, she drove 1.7 miles. Going south in north, in the north lane in the wrong direction of traffic. And witnesses say 
that she was driving directly straight. And they said she had no reaction. So it was like a basically imagine like someone with like a blank stare face driving on to oncoming traffic. Um, I would be horrified. I yes. Horrified if that happened. Oh my gosh. I couldn't imagine if that would, I would be like, is that person okay? And I would probably get on the side of the street. Um, but some thought it was someone set on like killing themselves. That's how horribly that she was driving. Um, around six calls were made about her driving in the wrong direction. And I guess during that time, the people that made those six calls, they were basically scared for her well-being or whoever the person in the car was. I'm pretty sure they couldn't tell who was in the car. Yeah. And they made calls. And so I do have a little like recording of that. Come on. But yeah, while that while that gets started up. But yeah, it seemed like I don't know. At that point it was destined that something bad was gonna happen. And this is what some of the people said. Flailing. And we drove up on the grass because otherwise we would have been hit. She never put on a brake. She never even her eyes didn't even move. It was just I'm going where I wanna go, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm I'm where I wanna be. And then she went around the bend onto the highway itself. We know that uh, Diane Schuler enters the Taconic State Parkway going south in the northbound lane, uh, approximately 1.7 miles north of the point of impact. She drives this 1.7 miles at a high rate of speed, and you have half a dozen callers to 911. State police, 911. It was very surreal seeing it coming at you. So what you had to do was, you know, thank God there was nobody on the side. I was able to go over a couple of lanes as the van came by me. And I said at the time, 70 miles an hour because it was speeding right by that pin straight, that like pin straight. Wasn't doing this, was dead pin straight. Right after it happened, that's when I called 911. Hey, police 911. Yeah, you got a guy driving south on the northbound Taconic Parkway. Ooh, my on. I was in the left lane. Uh, I just cleared Pleasantville Road. He's going like about out of alley. He's already on the same parkway right now. It's a minivan. Hey, police 911, where's your emergency? Hi, I'm on the uh, front. Hang on the front now. Uh, the, the van that's going to the southbound? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going out for it. Yeah, I. So that, imagine getting calls like that. Over, back to back to back to back. And typically, I don't know, maybe it's where we live, but there's a lot of cops. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them just like sitting on the side. Yeah, they're sitting to catch on the side all the time. For speeding. It's so weird that it took them that long for them to at least try to catch her or find her. Because like I said, at least from where I've lived, the cops are there. Like they're on the side of the highway. You see them. You know that speed too. And you know that speed. <laughs> yeah. So that was a very surreal thing. And like we said, she goes off the road. So this is how it happens. So like we said, she's going straight, 1.7 miles. She hits the Bastardi vehicle head on. The Bastardi vehicle then hits another car. And Diane's car spins out of control and rolls off the road and then lights up in flames. Mind you, it's her. And the five kids in the car. The five kids. 
So some people, they were able, you know, some bystanders saw what happened and they basically ran to the rescue. The car was like we said, fully in flames. Um, one, one of the guys, he opened the door and Diane's body just rolled out in front of him, just flat on top of his legs. And so he had to step over her. Him and another guy had to step over her to reach the kids. And he was pulling up dead kid after dead kid oh after dead kid. And he basically, he said he prayed over them and and he prayed that they woke up and as and he was there as they experienced their last breath. Uh, as And even though he thought that everyone was dead in the car, however, he heard a voice and it was Diane's son. He was under all the other bodies. And so... He's him and one of the nieces survived. However, the niece was later sent to the hospital along with Brian and the niece was pronounced dead. Oh my gosh. And so, like we said, the Bastardi vehicle and another vehicle were also involved. The third vehicle, nothing really happened to them. They didn't have major uh, injuries, but the Bastardi vehicle, everyone died in that car. So as well as her car, the car she hit, everyone died. Yeah. Wow. So people were taking videos and pictures. Well, like out, like people passed, you know, in the highway oh, driving okay. down, they were taking pictures of the bodies and they were, the cops came of course, like later on and they just had to put sheets over. So people would not see like, these bodies. Yeah. yeah. And take pictures. And so, like I said, Diane's brother, Warren and Jackie, a uh, brother, Warren and his wife, Jackie, they lost their three girls. Those were the only kids they had. Oh, my gosh. Um, and Michael Bastardi, he was 81 years old. His son, Guy, was 49 years old. And their family friend, Don Lango, was 74 years old. Like we said, all died. Brian, however, he did have a head injury and an ocular motor nerve palsy due to the crash. So the aftermath of this. is that when the cops came to the scene, they saw a bottle of absolute vodka in the car. Oh my gosh. On August 4th, uh, uh, 2009, the they had a toxicology report on her. Her blood concentration level was 0.19. The states, most states have set bl uh, blood alcohol concentration levels to be 0.08. So she was roughly, what, over 2.5 times the limit around there. Um, and for commercial vehicles, the BAC of 0 0.04 um, can be a result of a DUI or a DWI. She was conviction. way over, way over the limit. And we, as we also said, she also had THC in her system. And so a quick rundown of like the amount of alcohol and what it means to drive in that. A 0.2, typical... Points, I'm sorry, 0 0.02. Like if you blow up 0 0.02. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BAC. Um, it's like a loss of some judgment, uh, relaxation, the effects of driving, a decline in visual um, functions. A 0 0.05, exaggerated behavior. If you were, you know, typical effects, feeling good, impaired judgment. When it comes to driving, reduced coordination, ability to track uh, moving objects, difficulty staring. 0 0.08, muscle uh, coordination is hard, like it's more difficult. Um, poor judgment, self-control, reasoning. 
the concentration when, when driving is you have short-term memory loss, reduced information processing, impaired perception. A point zero, I'm sorry, a point, yeah, point one is a clear deterioration of reaction time and control, slurred speech, poor coordination, and slow thinking. When it comes to driving, you're you have a reduced ability to maintain a lane position. Point one five, when it comes to typical effects, far less muscle control, may vomit. Um, and then you may have loss of balance when it comes to driving though, substantial impairment of vehicle control, visual and information processing. Diane had a 0.19. So she, so yeah, she was gone. She was definitely gone. And we're going to talk about what happened after that. <laughs> so continuing on the case. So Oh, homegirl was she blew all, 0 0.19 and that at that point she couldn't she basically couldn't function there's no way so i don't know how she was like driving in a straight line the guy as you heard the guy say earlier she was driving like in a straight line in the wrong side of traffic so uh during the toxology or the toxology report the toxicologist. um yeah the toxicologist um Frontal lobe affected around zero point or 0 0.01 to 0 0.10% based mm -hmm. on the tests they did on Diane. So it had the equivalent to just over uh, 10 drinks. 10 drinks at the time of her death. 10 drinks. That's a lot of drinks. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, her, the whole time, basically the toxologist report said that she had massive amounts of alcohol in her system and it basically was the reason why she acted the way she acted. So Carl Weiss or Carol Weiss, uh, addiction psychiatrist stated that when you have over 0.2 blood alcohol concentration, one can experience alcohol toxicity, unconsciousness, a coma and blackouts. Once alcohol and marijuana are mixed, the effect of marijuana is exacerbated. Or ex yeah, um, ethanol increases absorption of marijuana and THC, and marijuana can cause hallucinogen and distorts your cognitive cognitive function. And Diane had a 113 ng/ml in her system which could have occurred between 15 minutes to an hour before a crash. So the, new out, the news outlets had a field day since Danny wanted to clear Diane's name. Danny said they usually keep vodka in the camper for drinks when relaxing by the campfire. He also said that the wife packed the bag in the camper and left it by the door and put the bag in the car and had no idea what surprised vodka in the camper. Like... That it was there. Yeah, he was surprised that it was there. Yeah, so... BS to me. You think? Yeah. You think he knew? So Danny believes that Diane um, would never put the kids in danger, and the accident had to be caused by a medical incident. So in 05, Diane had issues with her jaw, and in her medical reports, Diane had a root canal uh, and a hurting mouth and uh, abscess. So... Here's a video of him being questioned about the whole situation. And this is what he says. Absolutely, Larry. This isn't Diane. This isn't the Diane we know. Um, that to answer to all the families that are, that are wondering why we're doing this, we're doing this because I, if that was their loved one, they would want this done too. 
this did not this isn't Diane. She's a wonderful mother, wonderful friend. And Diane would want us to do this to fight for her to say that, that you know she can't rest in peace. We can't have her rest in peace until we can clear her and make this, you know, try, make it happen. That's why we hired Tom. We have Dominic. This is what we want. Because we yeah. we can't we don't feel she can rest. Yeah, and, what about this uh toothache question? She's had a toothache for a while, a good two months, but Dominic knows a lot more well, about it. To mention as a toothache is uh, she had an abscess in the right upper side of her mouth. It was two months old. That day she was looking for, and we can prove, some sort of medication. Right. I am not suggesting at all that the ambisol or anything else is what turned into alcohol. That's the silliest comment anyone could think. But I will tell you how bad that abscess was. And that's what we want to look at, that that might have caused the TIA that we believe she had. Something happened to this woman. Something created something that caused her to get back in that car. Caught Tom Ruskin. So that's what they said. They felt like... He came to the defense of the husband. Life. Yeah, the sister-in-law, Danny, and the lawyer, as you just heard believe that something medical happened to the wife and even in the voice recording with her brother a couple you know a while back that we heard they just felt that if she wasn't seeing well she wasn't able to drive well obviously she's probably experienced something medically that's causing them so you know something bad to happen to her so after the whole situation as you know everyone basically died and so Danny became a single dad and he took out he, took, he had to take care of his son, and he was stressed being a single father. As we said before, Diane was basically the one who was running Doing the everything, house. Yeah. Everything, And he had to pick up the mantle, and he resented that whole situation. He hated that he had to step up. And yeah, step up and be a dad, which sounds so silly, but he said he didn't even want kids. But he had three of them. I know. Two And I was just like, wow, wow. But yeah, he had to help his son with schooling, his son get better since he was going through that, you know, his new medical condition. And his sister-in-law, like the sister-in-law Jay, as we heard, her also in the video, she had to take, she helped and she basically became like a new mom to Brian. And so there were several lawsuits because of this. Danny was suing his brother, Warren, brother-in-law Warren. The, who lost his three kids because of Danny's wife. I don't know how you could. Right? Danny sued New York State, alleging that the signposting on the parkways was um, inadequate. Jackie Hans, the mom of three daughters, she sued Danny. And so there were several lawsuits going on with even the family members of the Bastardi family. They were all suing her. Like, a lot of suits. A lot it's of suits. weird because I understand the families that were affected by diane's actions but i don't understand danny's because diane anyone of sound mind can be driving and know like oh if this car i'm like this car is about to be in front of me let me you know go to, over, yeah. yeah she was not of sound mind if she literally ran head on into another car i don't think she's a sound mind i don't know what was wrong with her besides alcohol and the marijuana intoxication mm -hmm. in her body but that it just something sounds weird about that whole incident and then her being at the gas station being sick like i don't know something seems really off so 
some people think we'll talk about that later, but what the theories are. So we'll get into it now. So as we said, people, another theory that happened after the case is that people thought that there was marriage problems between the family, mm. between Danny and uh, Diane. That's why this all happened. Apparently someone known as Sheila said that Diane Schuler said that said that her marriage seemed a bit rocky and she felt trapped in it for the past couple months and she wasn't able to be a happy person. That's one theory that they had issues. Um, another theory was that Jay, the sister-in-law that mm -hmm. was with Danny, her and Danny were having an affair. Oh, wait, Diane's sister? No, Diane's sister-in-law, the lady you just saw. In the video. So who's sis, who's so she married to? She is married to Danny's brother. Warren. No. Warren is... The family friend. No, Warren is Diane's brother. Mm -hmm. Jackie is Danny's brother's wife. Okay. Okay, gotcha. And so people were saying... Allegedly, some people think that they had Danny and Jay had an affair. She Ooh. found out. She got mad and raged. Another person, as we heard, was the abscess in the tooth could have caused a stroke. And that... Uh, she wanted alcohol in her system to just relieve the pain mm -hmm. since she wasn't able to have the regular, you know, pain pills as she, you know, in the gas station. Another theory is that she had auto brewery, brewery syndrome, which is a rare condition is when a person experiences alcohol intoxication by creating alcohol in their body. And so even though a person doesn't drink because they have a lot of, abnormal gut fermentation it allows them to basically make alcohol and be drunk side that yeah. is so so that's like wild. if you have like excess what is it carbonation like uh yeah like carbohydrates and stuff in your intestine it can do that oh my gosh wow and another theory is that diane was an addict and she was exposed to that whole environment because even her husband he had a previous dwi so they were not you they were aware of drinking, mm -hmm. you know, and she was probably like a closeted alcoholic. And um, Danny said that sometimes they, she would smoke to, you know, calm down, uh, you know, just relax and, you know, things like that. So she was probably using alcohol often. And maybe it got away of her that day, or maybe she was drinking heavily that Saturday night because she was just having fun and wasn't, was hung over the next morning. Next morning. Yeah. Cause just based off of the events that led up to the crash, she just wasn't okay. Yeah. I wish someone like at the gas station like took her keys or something. I don't know. But they, so several people saw her. I mean, if you even talk about it, they saw her twice pulled over throwing up. They could have easily pulled over. They're like, oh ma'am, are you okay? I'm not gonna let you leave yet, but are you okay? Like, Yeah. That, that could have easily been happened, happened, but they didn't do that. Two people, two different people, like, well, two times she was stopped seeing that and they could have stopped her, but they didn't. And the last one is Ambien. Apparently, Ambien makes people go crazy. And really? Like, yeah. What, why do people, is there a reason people take Ambien? I is it just for pain? I don't really, I'm not, I know about it. I know the name. I'm not too familiar. But apparently it makes people like hallucinate, see things, pass out, and like they just are not aware of their actions. So people think that because she was, using Ambien paired with alcohol. Um, she may have had an episode and that happened.
And lastly, people think it was a murder-suicide. People think that she intentionally knew what was going on. She was over having a stressful job that she had to work for. She was over taking care of all those kids. She was over a husband who wasn't appreciating her and was like, fuck the it. list. Fuck these like, kids. Is... Fuck this husband. I'm a, I'm done. And wow. that's what happens. It's just to take. Oh my god. And honestly, that's what a lot of women feel like when they have no support. They're like, fuck all this. I'm a, I'm over it. I'm a go. And just like and this end it all. Yeah. Spiral basically is what happened to her. Yeah. So some closing thoughts on the case. Um, is there's five distinct phases of grief. And one of them is yeah. And one of them is like denial. And denial is basically the refusal, the refusal to admit the truth. Diane was caught with alcohol in her system and THC in her system. And her husband constantly denied it several times. Denying does not solve the issue. It does not make anyone heal. And the reality is D Diane was under the influence when she killed everyone in that car. Her along with the seven other people. Another thing is that there's different roles in when it comes to addiction, addiction, and in the family and the family dynamics. Diane, the addict, possibly, um, is basically the person who's abusing the substances and will continue to do it despite the negative consequences. From what I see, I think Damn. she was a functional alcoholic mm -hmm. or a closet alcoholic at that. If no one knew, you know how often she was using it. But her husband was an enabler and her family members, even after her death, were enablers. So that means that the enabler basically pre uh, prevents any negative consequences from happening to the addict. Um, for example, provide excuses, you know, will try to make it seem like what she's doing is minimizing it. Yeah. And one of the doctors in the Diane's, Diane's documentary he was basically saying that people, her family members, especially her husband, cannot see her as a bad person because she didn't have bad relationships with them. Mm. And they want to preserve good memories of her, even though she has done something that has killed family, you know, destroyed families. And that when one's identity is demonized, that they want to make that person a saint. And that's what they were trying to do. And lastly... Check on your strong friends, you know, or people in high, you know, stress positions and those that may have lapses of like depression or dark moods or what have you, because you never know when yeah. someone wants to spiral. So what do you think about the case? That, that's a wild case. I see why they made like a whole documentary off of it, because Wow. Do you think she was under the influence? Do you think she killed herself? Do you think, what do you think? Well, they found the bottle, the bottle was empty. The bottle was empty, right? I mean, I guess it was broken. Cause I, I don't know. You don't but just they, have they, an empty bottle of vodka in your car with kids around. So I would assume that she was under the influence. I feel like she was under the influence and she had, there was something else that was wrong with her. Cause she just was like, she just went through it. I, I don't know. I don't care. I don't, I'm really trying to imagine a person that Cause I saw this earlier, this guy, um, he had a, sh he passed out and his foot was like on, still on the gas. What? So the car was still trying to move, but he couldn't move cause there was things in front of him. So people had to like break the glass and like get him out the car. Wait, what? He passed out of the wheel. This happened recently. But, um, so I could see something in that situation, like her, I don't know if she passed out mm -hmm. or having a stroke or I don't know the symptoms of a stroke, but something else on top of alcohol, I feel like. And then I wish, I don't know, 
the kids, you know, they were in the car. I the ages of the kids were they like under ten, I'm guessing. Yeah, like yes. They're I can't remember. Yes, because Aaron was two and so it was like two to oh, eight, nine young, years young. old. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, eight or nine years old. Oh, and gosh. apparently they didn't have seatbelts on. Or a so. car seat. I saw the little the car seat notion in there too. Yeah. But what about you? What'd you think? I think she was a closet alcoholic. Especially you're not when people are functional alcoholics, they hide it well. You could you you wouldn't be able to know to tell because they're not sloppy drunks like the rest of us. <laughs> they're not. They hide it well. And um, I do think that maybe she was. I can see being a parent is demanding. Being a hands-on parent is demanding, and putting that pressure on yourself to be always active there, you know, in your child's life, and being at everything and. And yeah, especially when you're doing a regular, you're working full time, that after working, you're taking care of your kids till they go to sleep at night. When is time for you? When do you have time for yourself? Mm. And your husband works some crappy job. Like, when do you have time for yourself? You're the breadwinner in her position. She was the breadwinner. So I get, I get it. I get how she could be frustrated and want to end it all. Well, Understandable. Did she have to kill all the kids? Nah, no, she could have she she did, did that have herself. To. She could have fixed that herself. But she didn't have to bring the kids into it. Well, guys, that was the Taconic State Parkway crash. And it's a, I, I think I like this little series that we did, the little duo series with the alcohol and marijuana. Yeah, I so liked it. Yeah. Let us know if you guys want to hear more of anything. To me, anything, to be honest. We have an email. We never really talk about our email. True, true. We, well, we'll give it, we'll... Save it for like Instagram and posts and stuff. Okay. So you'll be able to get that information through our Instagram. But our song of the week, we both love the song so much. Yes, we do. <laughs> our song of the week is How Much Can a Heart Take by Lucky Day and Yeva. Um, it's a really nice song. I feel like you guys would like it. It's so, so beautiful. Go ahead. Look it up. You can also find our podcast on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. And also follow us on Instagram at legal underscore ESE. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for seeing our language, guys. Bye.